Hello, I'm Kane Winstead. Hello, Internet. I'm Matthew Derrigish. And you're listening to the Untold Talks of Spider-Man, where we'll be taking a look at the deep cuts and forgotten tales of the Spider-Man library, looking for lost gems and what it truly means to be a Spider-Man story. Today, what if we covered a good comic? No. <laughs> wow, just right out the gate with that, huh? <laughs> No, I mean, it was there. I had to take it. Uh, what if number seven? What if this comic had more than one title? So the 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 front cover is what if someone besides Spider-Man had been bitten by the radioactive spider? But once you turn the page, the first page tells you the title of the story is what if someone else had become two dashes the amazing spider-man so same concept little different well, execution except as we dig in we'll see that uh who had been written, bitten by the spider is the more accurate title it's true um so this was written by don glut penciled by rick hoberg inked by Sam Granger, colored by George Russos, lettered by Rick Parker, and edited by Roy Thomas. Matt, why don't you tell everybody where we can find this comic? You can find this comic where you're going to be looking for it. Uh, if you want it on Marvel's Unlimited service, it's there. If you want to find it on Comixology, it's two smackaroos for this 1977 gem. If you want it in a trade, it's in What If Classic Volume 2. It's out of print, but it goes for about $10, so they haven't had the call to reprint it yet. And, of course, you can actually go find the actual dang comic in dead tree form at comic shops or on online comic shops for around two to ten dollars so you know try your local comic store and give it a whirl right um, if you're so inclined to after our podcast <laughs> so for those who perhaps don't know uh the what if is a line of comics that explores divergences in the marvel timeline framed by uatu oh is that how you say it watu. I, I, the watcher the, the yeah framed by the watcher announcing how things would have happened had like one thing changed and typically how things would have happened ends with everyone dying in a horrible tragedy Number seven is the second what if to feature Spider-Man. The first being what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four. Uh, I, I guess there are only two really things I want to point out. One, if you're interested in these what ifs, it's worth noting that a lot of them actually end up being revisited in main continuity. You know, as a lot of people do might know, Spider-Man did end up joining the, fin uh, the Fantastic Four in the 90s, along with She-Hulk, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider. Or the Future Foundation. Well, that, that's Future Foundation. That's not the Fantastic Four. Tell that to Jonathan. Hickman. <laughs> uh, and then and then you get things like what if number 10 what if jane foster got thor's hammer what if 22 what if doom became a hero 30 asks what if spider-man's clone from the from the jerry conway clone saga had lived Clearly what if what <laughs> yeah what if, if? what would what, what have happened then um too much that's the answer <laughs> Secondly, like if you're interested in these, Marvel is actually putting out not only just a batch of new what ifs this month, but they're also doing those True Believer $1 reprints of a bunch of them and a bunch of Spider-Man ones are included, including, I think, What If Gwen Stacy Lived, uh, which is a interesting one. Um so yeah that's that's about it uh anything else you want to add matt no okay well see you guys next month <laughs> or next week rather <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Okay, so we are starting this out. This one is actually not one, not two, but three stories. The first two are ten pages. The last one is six. The first is what happens if Flash Thompson was bitten by the radioactive spider, which is interesting in that, like, that's actually going to be one of the what-ifs that comes out this month, like one of the new ones. They're revisiting the story. I don't know if they're going to reference it or they're just going to pretend like this didn't happen. Uh, the second one is... Well, what effectively if... it didn't happen, right? So. Right, well. <laughs> uh, the second one is what if Betty Brant was bitten by the spider? And the third one is what if Colonel John Jameson was bitten by the spider? Um, we're going to cover these a little bit differently uh, than how we normally do since this is like a three-in-one story. Uh, we're just going to we're just gonna kind of like give you the, the quick beats and then kind of talk about the comic at large and the, the stories at large rather than kind of doing an exegesis like we typically do. So uh, the Flash story, all, all, all three of these stories start in the same place with Peter at the science experiment, the spiders descending, and then the title character of that particular story bumping Peter out of the way. So this is playing directly off the amazing fantasy 15 tale of the origin be clear, which makes sense for when this comic came out, but right, this was the only origin. If you haven't before reading this comic, you know, read your amazing fantasy 15, or if you want to brush up for some of the finer details, which this plays off of, uh, do so. Cause this is playing directly off of that one in a number of ways. Right. So in the Flash one, uh, Flash decides uh, he's on a double date with himself. Uh, he's got a honey on each arm. He decides to be cheap and take them to the free science exhibit, uh, pushes Puny Parker out of the way so he can get a front row center seat, gets bitten by a uh, the spider, gets powers, you know, ends up trying to impress these girls by fighting Crusher Hogan and kills Crusher Hogan. And then kind of goes on a, you know, kind of does the, the Spider-Man thing after that. He's on the run and then ends up meeting his match when he fights the Vulture, much like Spider-Man did and uh, or Peter Parker Spider-Man did. But Flash didn't have the smarts to make webs. And so when the Vulture drops him, he dies. What if? But you're skipped over the most beautiful part of the story, which is his stunning costume. Oh, which has a yeah. lovely web cape. His hair is out for everyone to see because you can't let those luscious locks go unnoticed. <laughs> Especially when you're trying to hide your secret identity as a murderer. You know, you wouldn't want uh, to let that slide. And uh, the mask comes up so that you can see his nose and mouth. Uh, right. But it otherwise is the spider mask. So it's like a cutaway of the spider mask. And otherwise, the costume is basically the same. So you just have the different uh, face and uh, web cape. I'm, I'm trying to remember who has a similar mask because it's kind of a familiar thing. Wasn't it like Kid Flash have a mask like this or something where like he's also one of with them. like red? Yeah, one of them where he's got like the red hair and like the... Like you said, like the mouth cut away anyway. So, yeah, moving on, we'll, we'll do the, the Betty Brant one, which... Which doubles as a great moment if JJ didn't know Peter but was still talking to Peter at this science experiment where he gets really indignant at 
first. Uh, yeah, like JJ is a straight villain in this Betty, uh, this Betty Brant story. But anyway, so JJ is JJJ is covering the science experiment with Betty Brant there as his secretary. Because you bring I secretaries out on journalistic work. That's how you do it, right? Yeah, yeah, and make her do all the journalistic work, which I guess is kind of like in theme with JJJ of the time. Just whatever. Um, you know, <laughs> Jay. You know, Jameson pushes Peter out of the way. Betty gets bitten by the spider um peter and betty meet up and start dating uh peter discovers that she has super strength uh he then kind of convinces her to start fighting crime betty is reluctant because she is afraid she might seriously hurt someone with her super strength so peter develops web fluid and gadgets so that she doesn't have to use her strength um he also develops a costume let's break this down for the no 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 betty makes the costume oh you're right right well no 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 he only made he only made the the web shooters betty betty is shown sitting and sewing in like a split panel uh betty is sewing while peter is doing uh science stuff uh which i kind of want to expand on a little bit later once once we get to the end um but this amazing spider girl costume is uh confusing it's, it's something else um so the face garish, i think is the best way to describe it um yeah the, the the mask the gloves and the boots are what we think of as the normal spider-man costume but when you get to the arms the legs the center it's all uh different she's in a uh bustier is that how you say that yeah yeah uh, you know, i think that's a good way to describe it uh, um she has the web pits but nothing to connect them to so they're just hanging off of her arms i guess they yeah. don't come far enough to be connected to her gloves so i don't know how they're there um and then she has a nice web cleavage cut down to her navel and yeah, a little, like, uh, like the plunging neckline a la black cat but instead of just being bare there's like a web there like bridging the two sides of the material um you know and then and then a belt and kind of like a spider emblem belt buckle just basically right over her crotch yeah it's interesting but like it's betty herself is saying that maybe this costume will let me or give me a chance to let loose a bit uh sure wh why not if i blush no one will notice under the mask so it's it's exploring that same kind of idea that like peter kind of comes out stops being a wallflower once he puts on the spider-man mask and the the same thing with betty is is there they allow themselves to open up and kind of shrug off some of their i, I guess social anxiety um mm -hmm. it's just a very interesting way that you know spider-man does it by being more like boisterous and like a braggart betty does it by basically running around in lingerie yeah <laughs> And I, I think that kind of speaks a little bit to the, uh, this reads like something from the 70s. Like, th this this is definitely a bit dated as far as, I, I feel like, uh, how it treats Betty as a woman. Look, I think the best way to sum it up is this is exactly why people have problems with uh, an all-male creative staff creating a female character doing stuff like this, because it comes off weird. Yes. Like, th like... 
I'm, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I, I know off the top of my head how many, you know, female characters that Marvel had right here that had solo titles, but I can't imagine it was very many, if any at all. So, I, you know, th- this, this is probably one of their first attempts at telling a story with a female superhero, superheroine lead, uh, not, not as a member of a team as, as the lead tucked away in the middle of a what if sure i mean yeah um i don't know it's it's a touch odd (laughs) right but anyway um the the story ends with you know peter and betty kind of start this hustle where peter will take pictures of betty as spider girl and then sell them to the bugle they'll pose they'll they'll get action shots and whatever and kind of implied that uh peter will also take some like boudoir shots of her um he said something about like getting some leg action in some of the shots um, that just means kicks is, is are, are, are you being are I'm you joking. being si- oh okay uh, <laughs> like I, I well it's when you read the story like this it's you know uh, sometimes some of the slang is completely lost but anyway <laughs> because because of this kind of like showboating and whatever a burglar happens to run past betty who tries to stop him with her webbing but she's out of web fluid and and she's too paralyzed by her the fear of her own strength to stop the burglar. Right. Uh, you know, we all know how that er- turns out. You know, that burglar ends up murdering Uncle Ben. Betty, you know, tracks down the burglar, similar to the end of Amazing Fantasy 15, complete with the weird eye pupils on the Spider-Man mask once she discovers the identity of the burglar. And then we get a call out to Spider-Man No More when Betty admits that she was powerless and she doesn't want to be Spider-Girl anymore. And both she and Peter walk away away from the spider girl costume thrown in the trash right um there is something sublimely bizarre about seeing the because the last uh or one of the last pages which is essentially the same page from amazing fantasy 15 but with some slightly different word bubbles and the spite this spider girl costume instead of the spider-man costume uh it's just weird to look at because you know what it's supposed to look like and this just it looks like a knockoff, and it's weird to have this woman in basically lingerie talking about the consequences of death and whatnot while bounding around after this guy. It's just weird, right? It's yeah, it's it's a little strange. Uh, you know, like we touched the like the costume is weird, and uh, you know the the treatment of the character is a little old school, uh, to put it nicely. Um, but uh, I, th- I think I think we've we've touched on that enough. Yep. Um, the last story is Colonel Jameson who gets bitten by the spider. Like I. I... <laughs> I feel like even even by this point, the writer is getting a little tired of this continued setup. So it's just, Jameson is just there, um, you know, and um, he then goes into astronaut training where they realize that his uh, skills and physique have vastly improved. Jameson, JJJ Jameson, then decides that he's going to put a big PR push uh, behind his son as a new superhero, and he's going to champion him and really kind of pushes uh, Colonel Jameson to into superheroics and ultimately this ends with his death when he attempts to assist the re-entry of the moon shuttle from spider-man one that spider-man that peter parker spider-man did Mm -hmm. and the jetpack that he uses 
runs out of fuel. Uh, he dies. There is a huge memorial. And because of this successful uh, publicity campaign by JJJ, the outlook on superheroes is much more positive than it was in the original Marvel continuity. Uh, Matt, you want to break down this costume? Because uh, it's also not really a winner. Alright, let's go uh, top down. So we start off with a helmet. This is like a, I want to say motorcycle helmet, except the uh, eye cutaway instead of being a visor is more like a um, the outline of the spider eyes only, only uh, harsher lines. And we have the spider emblem right on the forehead. And as you go to down. it just looks more like a jumpsuit so it doesn't connect you can see his face and you can see his neck um and i guess it's supposed to be modeled somewhat like a spacesuit but tighter um you got red gloves you got red boots kind of like a captain america look there and it's just a straight cut down for the red of the spider without the webbing look and this big belt with some buttons on it which i assume are, are to control the jetpack on the back and the jetpack i should note is yellow which right. is weird because spider-man doesn't have yellow right so. but you know, I don't know. I, anyway but uh yeah I, I would say that they're definitely trying to evoke the idea of a spacesuit, but maybe more of like a buck rogers kind of spacesuit than like an astronaut spacesuit. Um, definitely like a pulpy sci-fi look to it. Uh, we should also note here, the Daily Bugle in this world is, uh, 15 cents, uh, since this comic was selling 60 cents at the time, you know, mm -hmm. prices are pretty good on stuff. Right. Well, I think, I think this is priced higher than a normal issue, uh, of this era just because, uh, it's, uh, double-sized. Right. Right. But, um, so yeah, that, that's all three of the stories. Um, did you oh. have a favorite, favorite? Of, of these matt um i think i got more out of the betty story all things considered than the other two but it's a narrow line how about yourself i was definitely gonna agree that the betty story had the most meat on it out of out of all of them uh, i would say that the flash one was probably more entertaining and uh you definitely saw the differences between what would happen if flash was a was spider-man rather than um rather than like the other than Peter Parker and just the differences that you know Sp Peter's brains brought to the Spider-Man thing because they essentially follow the same story like it's the, the same villains and everything's working out fine until you get to the the vulture which peter was not a physical match for instead he had to outsmart the vulture with both his his web fluid and the making the like reverse magnets um that he used to ground the vulture so i thought that was interesting but the betty brant one uh you know despite its uh age <laughs> like like you know uh it was more a more, more interesting take on the character right um i agree before we go on i think we should note the uh final pages of this story i was kind of hoping no? to just ignore those because it's awful <laughs> well but i think it's important when talking about this because the last two pages are all three of these tales end the same way at some point during the story or each story peter grabs the spider and then does science to it and concocts some formula and ultimately becomes the amazing or no your neighbor your friendly neighborhood spider-man and so all of these end ultimately the same way if you are not peter parker or more importantly it seems if you don't have webs you can't be spider-man and you're gonna die or you're gonna be sad in betty's case 
and then Peter Parker becomes Spider-Man. Like, all these revolve so tightly around Peter to begin with, and then ultimately he becomes Spider-Man anyways. So it doesn't really deviate that far. Well, it it doesn't, but it it does at the same time, because, like, I mean, granted, this was, like, in 77, so I don't think we really explored this as much as we have now, but, like, so Crusher Hogan is dead in one, and Uncle Ben is dead in another, so you have two stories where we don't have that moment, that that really uh, transformative moment for Peter so like we don't really know how well a, like how well a Spider-Man he's going to be because that that's so much of a defining moment for him uh, that he keeps going back to is is that like you know he has to be a man of action he has to uh, always be you know make sure to keep his responsibility in check. You're very right, and I think that's an important note to take. I think where this comic ends on is a little damning and something that. We touched on in the Spider-Man India discussion we had, where this idea that Spider-Man is just destined to be this one character. It's not about the actions through, it is just the fate of it all. That doesn't play to what makes Spider-Man such a great character, and so when you have that element, it just steals something from what makes Spider-Man so endearing and so beloved to us. And this comic hits that as well. And I think that's part of the reason why some of these stories just feel weird, even though it's trying to explore a very different thing. Yeah, which is kind of why I wanted to just completely ignore that last page, because it's not that these stories were great in the first place, but it kind of, like, taints them in a way that... Uh, leaves a bad taste in the mouth. I just, I feel like if we're going to be talking about the Spider-Man-ness of all of it, and within our block especially of the other Tales of Spider-Man, ultimately this comic isn't that. It's just, there's some other secret Spider character that existed before Spider-Man, that it became Spider-Man anyways, but in any of these origins, it takes away that moment. Because even the closest, which is Betty's, Betty doesn't have web and lets the guy go because she's afraid of killing him, which is a very different thing than what we get in Amazing Fantasy 15. The fact that this burglar goes on to kill uh, Uncle Ben is coincidental, but it's not this kismet. It's not this defining moment. So it wouldn't hit Peter the same way. It, maybe it ultimately results in him being a hero to go save people, so it's uh, immaterial, but we don't actually get that and we don't know. So Right, and then like... I, I... So with Flash and Jameson both dying, um, it's it's mentioned that these people were inspirational to Peter. Like Peter in the Flash story, Peter and Flash kind of flip flopped where Peter was the president of the Spider-Man fan club and Jameson was a beloved public figure. So it would make sense for Peter to kind of go on and to continue on their legacy. But, you know... Peter and Betty and the, her story are they're going steady like they're 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 a serious couple and so it, it just seems like there's still so much story left for Peter to take up the mantle after she has given up and the guilt she would feel over having Peter's uncle killed by her in action like it's it just like there's like that 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 seems really interesting to me and so like 
But also, she doesn't die, and she still has the spider powers. Right, so. right. So you know, I'm 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 a little curious why that's never been. Oh, I mean, I know why that's never been revisited because this is what if. But um, you know, <laughs> it's about to say <laughs> it's you know for all my complaints of that last page uh that that is like an interesting uh story beat that will never be picked up <laughs> but you know in in that way like it, it what's what's the point like I, I i don't know it's just it's so the betty story feels bizarre to me because um it doesn't really say anything about peter being spider-man like he helps her out so closely that the failing is on him in such a different way that uncle ben gets killed but it was them trying to help and the fact that the cops are like well, why don't you do something it's like well we've been doing other things and we can't right now without fear of actually killing this guy which is again legitimate whereas like the flash story we see that a spider-man without the knowledge of science and maybe more of the uh, demeanor and approach of peter parker is just gonna get himself killed mm -hmm. um we see with flash um just because you want to be a noble more generic superhero that's not going to work for a spider-man uh because you don't have webs and you're gonna die apparently uh that felt a little odd but it felt like that's kind of the message they're sending like you know a spider-man that isn't peter parker doesn't work is kind of the overall message of this comic that i took away i don't know if you got the same idea yeah i mean i think that's what what they're yeah, angling for um i think they were angling for that without really doing like a close examination on peter i, I think it's again leaning into that destiny rather than really pointing toward a particular thing about peter that makes makes everything come together the closest we got to that was like flash like like you said where like he doesn't have webs so he dies but you know we it, it, it that right do you have any other notes on this what if not, not really i think i think we've pretty much exhausted all my all my thoughts on here i mean it's 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 a 30-ish page comic but at the end of the day it's it's a little thin um you know the yeah. the best parts of the story are implications later on uh from that from the the betty story it would be my opinion but um i don't know right so do you think this comic should be reissued or remain untold i think this is going to be an untold one this is going in the untold pile um it's it's not one i would seek out um it's 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 a curiosity it's a novelty I just don't know if it's if you know if it's worth putting down your hard-earned American dollars to to seek out that curiosity. Right, I would agree with making this untold. I'm thinking I'm learning I need to be a little more harsh and hand out more untolds, and this comic is pushing me that way because I mean I think there's something to get out of reading this, but ultimately it doesn't really add anything to the Spider Mythos. In a way, it kind of takes it away because it's pointing to Peter Parker having to be Spider-Man, which I I think takes away the entire every every man idea of peter parker which is really what the character is built on right. and so yeah it kind of puts him on a pedestal and and right. extols him as like some sort of something special when it's you know it's supposed to be peter palmer you know just, just a guy who is so so nondescript that even his creators forget his last name occasionally um <laughs> But I, I think 
I think what might be interesting is going back once this what if comes out this uh, later this month and kind of comparing it to to this this kind of I mean the same story and seeing seeing how the character of Flash evolves I think is is where this is going to be interesting so we we might need to revisit this uh, once this uh, what if Flash Thompson became Spider Man comic comes out this month. Um, I guess we'll be doing that on the B title review on under the Patreon. So if you want to hear that follow up, you're gonna have to pay that sweet sweet Patreon money to hear more. Three dollars and ninety nine cents a month. All right. All right. So that leaves one burning hunka hunka question for you, Kate. <sighs> I think they make a cream for that, but uh, so where where are we slapping this on the list? Is that is that what you're gonna ask me? Sure. Um, did you have somewhere, or did you want to work through it a bit more? I was thinking toward the bottom. <gasps> okay. Where where were you gonna put it? Right down on the smacky um, smacky top. I hadn't really thought about it. Um, let's see here. I'm looking initially near Spider Man India because that feels like a good comparison point. Mm-hmm. Um. <sighs> We have right above Spider-Man India is the final adventure, and right under is Death of the Goblin Construct. Um, I don't know. Is it? Would you put it maybe more above or below any of that? I was I was thinking above Cosmic Carnage, below Marvel Knights. Honestly, I I felt like Marvel Knights was a little bit stronger than this. Um, But like, it's just all, all the stories are just so paper thin, and then you get that that you know epilogue at the end that kind of muddies what makes spider-man interesting um you know cosmic carnage will forever be the story that i'm mad about that we got barely any cosmic carnage and you know the the conflict was over by the time it started almost like and happened almost entirely via exposition rather than anything that the characters necessarily did um all right. I, I I mean, I'm agreeing with your placement, more or less. Um, this is just such an oddity. It's kind of, it's a little harder for me to compare to, which in a way puts it closer to Century in my mind, but I did like the Century comic more than this. And overall, I agree. I liked Marvel Knights more than this. So. Right. Yeah, it, it sure. is definitely a difficult one to place just because it's, like you said, an oddity. But all right. Well, next time on The Untold Talks of Spider-Man, we'll be covering our last comic in this Alternative Origins block, which we'll be going we'll be going new school. We'll be taking a look at Edge of Spider-Verse number 4, I Walked with a Spider. Uh, you know, that's that horror comic that came out of that Edge of Spider-Verse anthology. Um, we're getting that hype train rolling for Spider-Geddon. Uh, we do have a fun and, well, hopefully fun kind of a surprise when Spider-Geddon rolls out. Um, we'll be covering it here on this show, uh, in, in hopefully an entertaining way. We'll, we'll see how it works out. Um, but it will be a little bit different than what we normally do. So, um, Matt, you want to announce the next block since we are getting close to it or, or are you saving it? Oh, oh, that next block is coming. It's of your favorite Spider-Man spinoff comic of all time. It's time for the Slingers. <sighs> Slingers month's happening, baby. Get ready. It's happening. It's happening. I tried to stop it as long as I could, but, uh, it's, it's happening. 
Um, are we just going to be covering Slingers or are we going to be covering Identity Crisis 2? Uh, there's only one Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis 2 hasn't happened yet, but the way Marvel goes <laughs> slickly, I'm sure it's going to be happening eventually. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like we have to talk about Identity Crisis to parse uh, why Slingers even relates to Spider-Man. Right. So, so to justify it. So we'll be covering Identity Crisis, which is... <sighs> amazing spider-man numbers it's just identity crisis um we'll get those numbers to you soon we yeah we'll have, have them off of off the the top of our heads and plus uh i think it's actually better in trade than trying to collect all those individual issues unless you already have them um and there is a trade available pretty pretty easily available but anyway so that and then slingers all four different issues of issue one and then issues the zero and issue, the zero issue and then through 13 <laughs> so yeah we're going super 90s and not only do we have a zero issue but we have four different versions of issue one that have about like five different pages each 10 10 pages. oh it's 10 pages each okay well uh and then the rest of the, the comic which i think is uh, two through 12 is 12 or 13 yep uh and what a what a ride what a ride what a ride we got we got one more trick up our sleeve about this though do you want do you want to keep that one under your hat or or you want to you want to oh oh it'll happen during slingers month get excited because this is going to be the best coverage of slingers any podcast has ever had exactly so if you love the slingers like Matt does, like I'm, I'm looking at his face right now, and it's it's like a child who just walked into a candy store run by Santa. It's Christmas, and like all his dreams have come true. Um, so we've got we've got a really exciting surprise for you guys in Spider. Uh, or I'm sorry, in the Slingers Month, we'll drop it. It'll be we're hoping that you're excited about it as we are, as excited about it as we are. Uh, <laughs> Before I trip over myself anymore, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about the Patreon. Epi- uh, before I trip over myself anymore. <laughs> Did you guys know that we have a Patreon for just $3.99? That's the price of a modern Marvel comic. It grants you access to all of our B-title reviews that come out once a month to wrap up and sum up all the wondrous non-amazing spider titles for you we have access for you to exclusive amazing spider-man reviews by dan and mark also we'll get access to the amazing spider slack where we just talk shop about spider-man all the live long you'll get access to the patreon channel the 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 amazing spider slack is open to everybody except for the exclusive patreon club where we talk about all sorts of patreon like things i don't know it's actually one of the more like active channels in the slack chat so it's it's a good one to be in um and then uh if you want to go above and beyond we have a second tier ten dollars a month puts you into the excelsior club which nabs you commissioned artwork twice a year from spider-man artists you know and love um we're actually let's see i I think alex saviok is working on his and then dan also just posted the uh work in progress from steve lieber of um superior foes of spider-man fame so we've got two pieces currently in the pipe works right now both of them looking really interesting 
Um, so if that's your bag, if that's something you're interested in, uh, go ahead and pledge us that 10, just those 10 mere dollars a month and untold riches will fall upon your lap via your mailbox. Or, you know, just send us checks with the random amounts. We'll just send us blank checks. Really? I mean, like we'll do the hard work for you. Don't worry. (laughs) But you know, you know, we want to thank everyone, not just our Patreons, but everyone who listens to uh, the podcast. You know, we're doing it for you guys. Uh, if you want to help the, the podcast in ways that don't involve your bank account, you can always give us a five-star review on your podcast listening vehicle of choice. You can like us on Facebook. You can retweet us on Twitter. Links to those social media accounts will be in the uh, show notes. And uh, we'd also like to give a special thanks to the Ellie Badge for providing our theme song. If you want to listen to more from them, you can also check out those handy-dandy show notes um matt before we sign out where can we find you on the internet i'm on twitter at magical matt 42 and where are you i am on twitter under kane writes uh that's the best place you can find me but you can also find both me and matt and a host of other people in that amazing spider slack channel some pretty good stuff uh links for the show notes or links for that in the show notes as well and until a giant buff baby shows us how awesome our lives could have been had we remembered to tie our shoes that one time in the third grade. Make mine untold. (laughs) 